Patreon.com slash the walk-off podcast. Uh, $4 a month gets you in there. Baseball, Blue Jays, and more baseball. It's the walk-off with Scott Belford and Adam Mack. This ball is crushed. The diehard podcast for the casual fan. And another one. My goodness. So there is a... I think I can get away with calling it a classic song. It was a big Ooh. hit anyways in the 90s. That's offensive. That's offensive to people who grew up in the 90s, Scott. They weren't classics <laughs> when we were listening to them. <laughs> What's the song? Classic rock, as Hag and Danner <laughs> would put it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. That was a real dagger when we were like, favorite classic rock. like, I rock. love classic rock. Yeah. What do you Eve say? Six, Nickelback? Eve, oh, yeah, Eve no, six. Eve 6. Eve 6. Yeah. Classic rock. Ooh. Gross. So these are these are lyrics from a classic '90s song that just seems to really apply to where the Blue Jays are right now. Uh, tell me if you've heard this. Um, I get knocked down, but I get up again. <laughs> Tub thumping, yeah. Ain't, ain't nothing gonna keep me down. Yeah. Listen, Chumbawamba. The Baltimore Orioles have a way of making me feel absolutely horrible about this team. It happens every time. There has been no exception all season long. Whether they are playing the Orioles in Toronto, whether they're playing them in Baltimore, they are going to get knocked down. And I am so freaking glad that we are done with the Orioles until, if it even happens, the playoffs. So, who? <laughs> it sucks when a team really has your number. And the Orioles mm-hmm. just seem to have our number. But I can't tell you how many times as a sports fan, as a, and this is a generous term, athlete myself, I've been on the other side of it where all season long, we're just like winning the season series nine to mm-hmm. one. And then come the, the playoffs when it actually matters and you get swept, you know? So I'm, I'm hoping that we're on the right side of this where it's a whole new world come playoffs. And that is a hundred percent correct here. And we do have a very big show for you today. Hello and welcome to the walk off everybody. I'm Scott Belford joined as always by the best co-host in the biz, Adam Mack. We are going to get into this Jay's Orioles series. Gosman calling out the team a couple days ago. We'll touch on that. Ricky Tiedemann, Aralvis Martinez updates. Addison Barger will check in on. Adam, of course, has his three studs and a dud, which we will continue with that segment that we've been doing the entire 2023 season. I'm excited to compile the numbers at the end of the year and come yeah, up with. Yeah, see who has the most studs and who's most been points, the biggest Most dud. stud points yeah. and biggest losers. So it'll be interesting to see. Just the biggest bummer of the season announced two days ago with Shohei Otani tearing his UCL and just well the the ride is over we'll get into it and kind of see how this affects his free agency uh Steven Strasburg retires so we'll touch on that as well playoffs my goodness it is in crunch time right now we'll check in on that we'll talk the Yankees and their crash and burn and we'll touch a little bit on Brian Cashman and just the fact that uh there are two camps on whether he is on the hot seat or not. And they are about as polar opposite as it could be. And then we'll look ahead at the schedule 
for the next week or so. The Blue Jays, uh, their schedule softening until first week of September or so, which is good news. Hopefully they can make some hay. Uh, some housekeeping stuff. We had our contest, of course, Baseball Town. It's a live long toss. It's going on at the Comedy Bar East in Toronto, September 10th. It is from 6 to 8, the regular long toss time, the regular long toss day on a Sunday. But we are live. We have Jay Jackson, hopefully back on the team by then. He should be called up in September. Fingers crossed that he is going to be joining us. We have Blake Murphy from Jay's Talk Plus. And Sportsnet, he is going to be there for sure. Julia Cruz from MLB.com is going to make her way down. Baseball Jen, our resident, what's the best way of putting it? Long, our uh, iron iron person? Yeah, we were calling her Iron Man for a while, but that's yeah. offensive, I'm sure. So we called her Iron <laughs> Lady, but that felt more offensive. That it felt, felt condescending. More offensive somehow. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> And then we'll also have Johnny G, the king of Toronto Blue Jays podcast currently. The king, if you will, from Gate 14. And uh, Craig Ballard and myself are going to be hosting it. Really excited. I know we had a little contest to give away some tickets here on Mailbag. The question was, which Toronto Blue Jay has been plunked the most in a Blue Jays jersey? And do you know what the answer is, Adam? I'm going to stick with my initial guess of Reed Johnson. Which is incorrect. <sighs> okay. It if is... it's not Reed Johnson, it's got to be someone who just played with the team for like 15 years. Um, Carlos Delgado. Yes. Is hey, it actually? You did it. It is no Carlos way. Delgado. 144 times he was plunked in a Blue Jays jersey. Oh. Okay. So, so, wow, I didn't I didn't actually think that was it. I just couldn't yeah, think of another neither. Blue Jay actually, who played with the Jays forever. When I looked it up, and it's funny because a couple of the answers. So we had I we have two winners. We okay. had over over a dozen people reach out. So thank you very much. We are actually I'm going to give you an opportunity today to win another four pack of tickets if uh, you want to give it another try. So big congrats to Mike Peterman. And Kurt McDonald, both of them are going to be at the live show. Four tickets right. each for them. Congratulations, gentlemen. We will see you there. Four more tickets. Comedy Bar has opened up four more tickets for us to give away. The The question for you folks here who would like to attend the live show. Uh, by the way, tickets are going quite fast here. We still have about 50% left, maybe a little bit more. But here's the thing, folks. We're just over two weeks away. So now is the time to get on it. The dream is it sells out. Fingers crossed it sells out. But even if it doesn't, we're already going to be quite packed. So you don't wish to miss out on this opportunity. It's going to be something that's never been done in in uh, the baseball world in Toronto is, is a show like Baseball Town where it's live and interactive and we've got the panel and everything right there in front of an audience. So that should be cool. So your question to get in all you need to do is message us on any of the platforms. You just got to get a hold of us. Who were the last, what year, okay, what year, and who were the guys the last time the Toronto Blue Jays had 240 home run hitters on the team? 
Two gentlemen hitting 40 bombs. Who were those guys and what year was it? And that is for four tickets to Baseball Town. By the way, if you want to get those tickets, we will put the link in the comment section and away you go. Very cool. Feel free to join our Patreon. Just a quick plug here. Okay. We are working at um, optimizing the value yeah, for Patreon. It's not, a re- it's not a full rebuild. It's, it's a, a full rebuild, but we are going to retool in <laughs> uh, in true Milwaukee Brewers fashion. We're going to retool uh, MLB Monday, so you get the extra show a week. You get priority when it comes to mailbag. You get instant access to all of our interviews, which is great because there's lots of times, like if you, if you take a look at Davis Schneider, we wound up sitting on that interview for almost six weeks. I mean, nothing could have worked out better for us in our procrastination and getting that out than releasing it on the day he gets called up, which was very cool. But nonetheless, there are going to be interviews where maybe we sit on them for a few weeks before they're released. And if you're uh, biting at the at the bit to get a, a little bit of that uh, interview goodness, then it is provided to you instantly on Patreon. Also, with that priority bump for the mailbag, uh, does come with it priority bump questions for our guests. Yes. So yes. if you're not too worried about getting in on the mailbag but you'd really love to ask hag and danner what his favorite eve six song was <laughs> well join the patreon uh with that in mind we are what two months away from the off season which is mm-hmm. our busiest time of the year when it comes to yes. our guests so with every off go. season people are always like how have you guys gotten all of these players on here and we're like well they're busy during the off season we bug them and then they're like hit us up in the off season and then we do and that's been working pretty good so <laughs> that's that's the system uh, i describe it as i describe season. yeah <laughs> i describe it as mr magoo do you ever watch mr magoo as a kid sure of course Just blind idiot who stumbles his way into success that's yes that's basically us Blue Jays, Orioles, I am so happy to be flushing this season series down the proverbial toilet, buddy. Uh, The Blue Jays were, of course, shut out on Wednesday. That was their eighth time being shut out since June 19th. Obviously, that's the most in Major League Baseball. Uh, The eight shutout losses in the last 54 games, dude, this equals their total from 2022. And that sums up this season. This team does not score. Listen, I saw a tweet from Chris Black yesterday that literally blew my mind. If you're not following it down to Black on Twitter, you need to be. He is so full of little tasty nougats just like this. So he writes, in this era, when you have a league best pitching staff, which the Blue Jays are number one in all of baseball for ERA, When you have a league-best pitching staff, you're most likely to make the World Series rather than miss the playoffs. 56 teams have led the AL or NL and ERA in the wild card era. So that's since 1995. So we're coming up on, on 30 full years here. 12 have reached the World Series. Seven of those 12 have won. 10 have lost in the championship series. 21 have lost in the division series, two have lost in the wild card, and 11 have missed the playoffs. So just think about that. The Blue Jays lead the league in ERA, and in 
the history of baseball since the wild card era, 1995. 12 teams have gone to the World Series. 11 have missed the playoffs. Like, more teams have gone to the World Series with the best pitching staff in baseball. And the Blue Jays are on the outside looking in a game and a half back of the wild card. This team doesn't score, dude. And I'm going to read you a stat line from Matt Chapman, which basically sums up the entirety of this team. So Matt Chapman, since May 1st, sorry, I know, gang, you hate when we do this, cutting out (laughs) April. But we all know how hot Matt Chapman was in April. So the reason I'm removing it is just to give context here of how bad he has been since. So since May 1st, Matt Chapman has a batting average of 212. That ranks 134th in baseball. An on-base percentage of 303. That ranks 124th in baseball. A slug of 361. That's 128 in baseball. Uh, Weighted runs created plus. Now, just a reminder, 100, whenever you see the plus, it means that it's... it's from 100 is average. He is 86. So Oof. that's 126th in baseball. Uh, he strikes out 29% of the time. That's 10th in baseball. That is ugly. It's not good. He's a 56 weighted runs created plus with runners in scoring position, dude. That's 250th in all of baseball. And this is why Kevin Gosman called them out after Wednesday's game. If you missed it, this is what Kevin Gosman had to say about the Toronto Blue Jays in the press conference after Wednesday's game. We're just waiting for the big stretch. We've kind of been waiting all year. Yeah, Kev, all of us with you here, bud. Is it going to happen? I don't know. I hope it does. I hope it starts tomorrow, but, and little uh, spoiler here, it did not. Uh, but we can't keep waiting. We've got to go now. We need a little bit more sense of urg- urgency. I, I just want to state uh, a little bit more. I just want like a lot more sense of urgency. So Gosman on the Blue Jays, you want it to be in the spot with a month left. You want to be in this spot with a month left with an opportunity to punch a ticket and control your own destiny. We haven't necessarily played great baseball all year, but we're in a situation now where we're right there and we've just got to keep going. Listen, he's pissed for good reason, dude. Uh, The Jays have scored two runs or fewer in 10 Kevin Gosman starts this season. Blue Jays offensive runs scored in Kevin Gosman starts. So he's been shut out. Zero runs provided for him three times. One to two runs, seven times. Seven seven times this team has put up one or two runs for Kevin Gosman. Three to four runs, eight times. Five runs, three times. Six plus runs, four times. They do not score when Kevin Gosman the ace of this staff is on the mound. And it's actually mind-blowing to start digging in a little bit deeper with the Blue Jays are two and seven in Kevin Gosman's starts in the last nine games. They're 12 and 13 overall in his 25 starts this season. They give him the fewest runs of support of any pitcher in Major League Baseball. We're still here, folks. It's just you read all that out, and it's it takes the words away from you. 
to just have a team that is so damn dominant on the pitching side. And dude, they they just can't put up runs. Man, the fact that Ross Atkins, and I know this is going to upset people when I say this, but he he crushed this offseason. I mean, you look at who he brought in. All of them have performed better than expected with the exception of Dalton Varsho. And Varsho's been hot lately. And, and yes, his glove I, has been as advertised. I mean, the core guys, dude, they need to frickin' pick their socks up. They need to pull their socks up and, and pick their game up. Or or what is this team? The Chicago White Sox? Like, I like to have a pitching staff, and this is what this is what uh I saw this on Twitter from Nene Takes, and he just kind of mentioned that. A comparable as the 2022 White Sox, where the pitching staff was great. They didn't quite sneak into the playoffs, but were right there. They just had an underperforming core, which everyone was all high on. And then it just didn't happen. And look at where the White Sox are now. I don't think that the Jays are are in that kind of territory yet. But man, I don't even know what to say because I, I I don't we got so much shit for being negative on long toss. And I, I really, you know me, man, like you and I are the reason we have the 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 joke toxic positivity like we always lean positive, but it sure is difficult with 34 games left in the season to look at this team and expect anything different than what we're seeing. And you know what's hilarious, man? I expect mm. big things out of them over the next 15 days. Their schedule softens right up. It's probably the easiest stretch of the season that they've had all year. They need to go 10 and 5 in this next stretch. They just absolutely have to take 10 of 5. Anything okay, less well, than that is a complete failure. We've got the Guardians for 3, the Nationals for 3, the Rockies for 3, the A's for 3, the Royals for 3. All winnable series. All of them. All these teams are below 500. None of these teams are in a hunt. I mean, I guess you could argue that the Guardians are still within reach of the AL Central, but... They're I below mean, 500, I think. Way below. They're like 60 and 68. Games. They're eight yeah, games under 500 eight games right below now. 500. I think they're five And they're falling off. They're six games back of the Twins now. Back. Like, really? None of these teams We can are almost write them off. No. You can almost write them off. None of these teams, none of these teams should beat the Toronto Blue Jays. They need some big performances. They need some guys to really take the lead here and be clutch, something they have just out and out refused to do all year long. Yeah, I don't uh, know where this team goes from here, dude, but they better darn well figure it out because I know that they still have, according to fan graphs and uh, baseball reference, they both are still giving them above a 50% chance to make the wild card. They do have the second easiest schedule behind only Houston. Ugh. The Astros are slumping. The team we're trying to catch. Yeah, the team we're trying to catch. I mean, the, the Rangers are slumping mightily. No one is taking this and running with it. So in my opinion, this team needs to go 
20 and 14 in the next 34 games. That puts them at 90 wins. That should be enough to squeak into the wild card, Oof. especially with the way that the teams that they're competing with have played against them all year. Not against the Jays, just have, have played with this playoff spot on the line. I mean, if there's any good news, I guess it's that the Jays have done this to us all year long. And just when you start to really count them out, they go on a bit of a bit of a hot streak. They need okay. that now. Okay, so you're asking for the Jays to go six games over 500 in the next mm-hmm. month. Yeah. They are currently 12 games over 500 through roughly five months. So thus far, we've been on a two and a half games over 500 per month kind of a pace. They need to more than double that. Need to more than double that. And who knows, dude? I mean, yeah, maybe they can go 17 and 13 and squeak in with 88, 87 wins. Sure don't want to see it happen that way. Because then you're really, if you, if they play it that way, they're really relying on these other teams to middle them way. Like they want to middle their way to the top here. And it's just not a sound strategy. <laughs> um, Looking ahead, the 15th game stretch we're on, looking at the Rangers schedule, the Mariners schedule, and the Astros schedule, just because those are the, probably the closest mm-hmm. teams for us to uh, striking distance ourselves into the playoffs. Uh, Houston has Detroit, Boston, the Yankees, who don't look now, have Aaron Judge back, and uh, they can hit again. Uh, and then the Rangers. Sorry, Detroit, Boston, Yankees, Rangers, Padres. So, tougher stretch for the Astros. The Rangers have... The Twins for six on each side of a New York Mets series. The Astros for three and Oakland for three. And the Mariners have the Royals, the A's, the Mets, the Reds, and then the Tampa Bay Rays for four. So there could be be ground to be made up this uh, next two weeks. But I don't know. The way this freaking Blue Jays team plays is like, We'll sweep the Atlanta Braves and then we'll lose three out of four to the Royals. Mm-hmm. So I don't really have confidence in us to, in this 15 game stretch, go 12 and three. And they Even are slumping. 10 and five they feels really ambitious. Slumping. Yeah, they are really slumping right now. I mean. So, okay. Hypothetically, if we're, if, if we're saying that six games over 500, 20 and 14 is what we're aiming for. We go ten and five in the next fifteen. That's already five games. They just need to they go one game over five hundred the rest of the way against the Rangers, Red Sox, Yankees, Rays, Yankees, Rays. Oh, what a stretch at the end there, hey? And that's what they need to do is they need to set themselves up to be able to just go five hundred and get in. So and to do that, ten and five got to make hay against these teams that suck. It's Listen, not a big ask to just win a, se- a series two to one five times in yeah. a row against bad teams. It, it's not a big ask. It should be doable. You throw a sweep in there, and now you're laughing. I mean, the only team that scores less than the Jays is the Guardians, so this should be a real barn burner of a <laughs> a, a one nothing couple uh, of wins. So good stuff. 
Good stuff. Yeah, isn't it? Okay, well let's let's move on to three studs and a dud. I uh, do not envy you here, sir. I'm sure that uh, picking three studs, it would have been easier to flip that and go three duds and a stud. But uh... Ooh, imagine I did that. <laughs> imagine I did that. Toxic positivity in full effect. Uh, three studs and a dud. I've lost track of what week we're on. It's got to be close to week twenty at this point. Um, if we were to do, if we were to do the segment three studs and a dude. Is it always Kevin Gosman? Is Kevin Gosman always the dude? <laughs> Pretty close. Um, I put up a picture. I made a little mock T-shirt of called him Gaseman, which mm. sounds homophobic, but it's not. It's a play <laughs> on the word ace, um, and it's just which is hilarious because he's got the the tufts of hair popping out the side, so he his uh, silhouette fits perfectly in a club. Yes. Um, Anyways, I put it up on the Patreon for kicks and giggles and uh, got ridiculed for one, referring to him as Kevin Gossman, not Gary Gossman. Yes. And number Gary two, G. it was a bit of a stretch. Uh, so anyways, <laughs> it was a bit of a stretch, bit of a stretch. but I liked it. Right, it was a right. bit of a stretch. There we go. Uh, honorable mention to two players this week, Mr. Chris Bassett and Vladimir yes. Guerrero Jr. Really? Look at that. Yeah. Uh, Vladdy. Hit 318 this week with an OPS of 764. Uh, two walks, two Ks, not much else. Zero nope, home runs. No power, still showing no power. I don't uh, know where his home runs have gone. but Well, they've gone to Davis Schneider, who only played once this week, but went one for four with a home run. So Davis Schneider continues to show a bit of a power stroke in limited action. Uh, the other honorable mention... Have, just Sorry, bringing up Davis Schneider, just bringing up Davis Schneider, you've kind of... Uh, triggered me on a on a subject that i'm very bothered by which is why the hell is this guy not playing more like mm -hmm. why bring a dude up to just sit him on the bench when all he's done is prove that he has been a contributing member to the offense on a team that is desperate for any sign of life when it comes to the offense ride the hot hand and and this is the thing, and we are going to get into this because we are going to check in on our prospects here, uh, Ricky Tiedemann or Rolvis Martinez and Addison Barger. And I know that with the expansion of rosters, Addy and Rolvis are maybe guys that are on the bubble. Rolvis Martinez has looked really good in AAA and continues to show that power stroke. And I know that there's been talk. Are these guys possible call-ups? John Schneider's done nothing at him this whole season, but prove that it doesn't matter who's called up. He's going to go with the experienced guys on the roster. Save it, Scott. We got to get to uh, it. We got to get yes. to it. Sorry. You're like, uh, we're in the middle of three studs and a dud, Scott. <laughs> as far as the hot hand goes, I think what's taken uh, David Schneider's playing time. It's just been Kevin. the fact that like undeniably Kevin Biggio has been white hot. Yeah. Um, I guess since the all-star break, uh, but he's been, really good as of late you're gonna give the edge to the veteran guy who is performing um that being said Kevin Biggio dishonorable mention as a dud this week he went one for 13 good for a batting average of 077 um one walk to seven strikeouts so the old Kevin has shown up this week 
I don't know what that means long term. I'm sure they're not going to just throw it all away for one week because they never threw it away for the other 400 weeks in a row that he sucked. So I'm sure he'll get some rope. But there you go. Uh, Chris Bassett, six innings pitched. Uh, just the two earned runs, six strikeouts versus one walk. Um, but he was edged out by good buddy Gary Gossman, who also pitched six innings, also gave up two earned runs, also gave up one walk. However, he had eight strikeouts, so that was the edge for Gary Gossman. Um, notably, well, he takes a loss. <laughs> notably, yeah, notably, um, gave up five hits. Chris Bassett gave up three. Mm-hmm. What's that worth? Well, if you remember, the, I think it was the first inning uh, two days ago. Loaded the bases. And then pitched himself out of a jam. Yeah. So, again, where it comes to, like, stats are dumb. Context is everything. What's that worth? To give up three hits in one inning, but then get out of it unscathed. Like, and then and not give up a hit for the rest of the time you're in right. the game. <laughs> so I don't know. There's something to it. Um, anyways, that is uh, your stud number three, Gary Gossman. Stud number two, Genjin Ryu. Woo! Uh, love to see it. Five innings pitched, zero earned runs. He did give up two runs, but neither of them counted as earned runs. There was an error uh, involved there. Uh, seven strikeouts through five innings and just one yeah. walk. So he's dealing, um, really the only downside you can say to Ryu right now, as far as like anything about him is he can't pitch deep into the games, but that's yeah. Workload management is understandable coming off of, uh, Tommy John surgery. Tommy John they surgery. do need to handle him with Stanley cup gloves, um, probably he for the hits. rest of the year. He hits 85 pitches, and they're pretty quick to get that hook going. And with the bullpen we have, there's no need to push him. Just to put it in context, I mean, Hinjin Ryu is in mid-April compared to most of these guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, Yeah. No, it's awesome. Uh, good to see from him. Uh, stud number one this week. Brandon Belt. Hey, yes, I was waiting for this one. Brandon Belt has quietly put himself together in a heck of a season, my friend. He's going to hit 20 home runs. In limited action. We're yeah. 120, 130 games into the season. He's played 91 of them. And he's fourth on our team in home runs. Only three back of Bobachette and Vladdy for the lead in home runs with 15. Uh, 256 batting average and an OPS of 850. That's highest. Four dingers in four days. Regular players. I mean, it's no Santander, but it's uh, Brandon Belt. He's been he's been as good as you could ask for. What a uh, successful signing Brandon yeah. Belt was. Uh, 316 batting average this this week with an OPS of 1356. Those are MVP numbers. Not uh, every $9 million dollar signing on a long shot works, but this one you got to put in the uh, success category without a doubt. Plays a good defensive first base too. Like he's no slouch out there mm-hmm. when he is given uh, Vladdy the day off. So stud number one, Brandon Belt. Okay, time for and the And you duds. know what, Adam? Oh. For a team that seems to lack 
charisma and energy sometimes. He does seem to be the catalyst for good times and putting guys at ease, you know, like on a team that's obviously squeezing the bat pretty tight and uh, maybe not having the fun that you would want to see out of a team where they're at. Brandon does a really good job of, uh, you know, being the de facto MVP and the captain of the team and just goofball extraordinaire. And Mm -hmm. I don't know where this team would be without him. I don't even want to like, you start doing the math on that and they're just, they're just not a playoff team. They're just, they're not even in it. I know that they're still, I know uh, people are going to be like, they're not a playoff team now, but like, seriously, they're really not a playoff team without Brandon belt and what he's done over the last three months. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, Brandon belt can't say enough good things. Okay. Dishonorable mention. Um, Trevor Richards. Mm, Unfortunately got blown up yesterday. Um, Five earned runs, couldn't make it through a full inning yesterday. Uh, It really exploded his ERA this week to (sighs) 22.5. He's been good. One bad outing. Like, dishonorable mention, uh, sure, but otherwise he's been lights out. I know he missed, uh, I think, a week and a half, two weeks there this month. But otherwise, that was the first run he's allowed in a month. So... Uh, I don't have any long-term concerns about uh, Trevor Richards. He just didn't have it yesterday or whatever it was, but he'll be fine. Um, Dud of the week. We talked about him earlier. Oh, by the way, this is like something that I do just for myself. Let me know if you do this. This is... um, Nobody can see this on my screen. I have my notes pulled up, my three studs, my duds, my stats laid out. I don't capitalize the names of the duds. Is it petty or is it just enough for me? I do this the same thing with like when I'm like when I text my wife about my ex-wife because we have like drama with our kid right now. Disrespect. I always type her name out with a lowercase letter to start. And it's just enough to be like, "Mm, that's what I think of you. Disrespect. So, yeah, I'm I'm a big boy for sure. Um, dud number one, Matt Chapman. Yeah. I mean, he probably could have landed himself on the dud list more often than he probably has this year. Again, I'm going to be interested at the end of the season to go back and uh, look through these studs and duds awards and see who is there. He's been below average almost every single week since May 1st. I think it's. I think it's really safe to say that Matt Chapman has pretty much destroyed his chance of a major payday. Well, this is what I wanted to talk about is, has he played himself into a one year prove it deal with the blue Jays next year? And, and he might've, he may have, I'd be okay with that. Uh, I think I would be too, especially just to give guys like Addison Barger and Aralvis Martinez a little bit more rope, right? A little bit more time to continue to develop and ease them in a little bit. Uh, Like, this is the thing that's really bothering me about the way John Schneider has been managing. And I, I know that it's so easy to pick managers apart. And I know that every organization's fan base does this. Uh, They got problems with the manager, but it does really bother me, and I, I did mention it a little earlier, you know, with the way Matt Chapman's playing. So let's take a look at Davis Schneider, right? 
the energy that he inserted into this club when they needed it so desperately going into Boston. We haven't seen that sort of energy all year long. 2023 has lacked that sort of excitement the entire season. He comes in and absolutely lifts this team up. Has one of the most exciting debuts in Major League Baseball. In Toronto Blue Jays' uh, recent memory anyways. Then they sit him on the bench. Well, and just so everyone knows, David Schneider plays third base. He plays second base. He plays left field. All three of these are positions that he has taken reps at in AAA this season. Now, he's also played some shortstop and right field throughout his career. L- let's just let's just stick with those three positions okay. that he's he's had reps at in 2023. Now, Matt Chapman has struggled mightily. Second base is a merry-go-round. Left field, same sort of situation. Why you wouldn't ride the hot hand a little bit? In a, I'm not saying bench Matt Chapman, but we can't have Chapman take a day off once. It it just I don't get it. Well, he did get I a don't week understand. off last week. He was off for a week last week, so we did get some. Extra yeah, time I guess because ball. of injury. Because of injury. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. I just you look at the lack of offensive production on this team, and it's just so frustrating that. And I know they are trying things. Like, I'm aware I've seen the the batting order shuffled. We did watch them call up Spencer Horowitz and then just sit him on the bench. We watched them call up Davis Schneider and do the same sort of thing. And this, this transitions really well into our prospect look. We're going to take a look at three of the top prospects in the Blue Jays system and Ricky Tiedemann, Aurelvis Martinez, and Addison Barger. So let's start with Addison Barger. He's been taking a lot of reps in right field recently. Obviously, the Blue Jays are trying to make him a little bit more comfortable in the outfield, just give him a little bit more positional versatility, something that this team really values. He plays third base. He plays second base. He's taking reps at shortstop as well. We all know that he got injured in April, and he missed about six weeks of the season, maybe five. Uh, So these are his numbers pre-injury because he was really struggling in AAA to begin the year. He was striking out 31.3% of the time. He was walking 9.6% of the time. Since coming back from injury in July, the man is striking out 16.8% of the time. So, Adam, he has cut his strikeouts in half. That is major. That's huge. He's walking 15% of the time, so he's increased the amount of times he's walking. And he's got a 140 weighted runs created plus in August, which is about as good as it comes. I think he's ready for a September call-up, but I don't think it's going to happen for the reasons we just talked about. There's no place for him on the field. I think it's going to stick with Davis Schneider. They're going to continue to sit him on the bench, as frustrating as that is. I'm not even saying David Schneider is the be-all, end-all at all. It's just like when a guy's hot and he's providing that sort of energy to a a lifeless offense, someone explain to me why you wouldn't ride the hot hand. Because I'm a dummy and I don't get it. I think, okay, if I'm going to be a Schneider-Atkins apologist again, I think the reason that you stick with 
your guys, with your Matt Chapmans, with your Gavin Biggios, with whatever, is... Again, I'm not saying 100% I agree with this take, but I think the reasoning behind it is if we're going to win in October, and what's the point in winning in September if we don't win in October? I know, and then you go, well, if you don't win in September, you don't make it to October. I get that. But I I need Matt Chapman in October. I, I don't need, I don't know, how does giving him days off like I need him to figure it out. I need him to get out of this rut. I need him to be sharp. Like I don't need him being rusty at all. Or like he he's our guy. We're gonna live and die with him. The same thing with Vladdy. Like Vladdy's got to just be better. We're not gonna go anywhere by putting Brandon Belt as our first time as our full-time first baseman and then DHing Davis Schneider instead of Vladdy. Like Vladdy's got to get everyday reps kind of period. Now, I, like I, I do agree with you and I understand that that is probably the mentality. And I think that part of it probably has to do with John Schneider knows that he's on the hot seat. If, if John Schneider and the entire coaching staff is gone, in my opinion, Atkins will probably wind up surviving and that's how he'll wind up doing it is clearing house with the, coaches and the manager okay so in john schneider's mind this is the team that got him there Mm -hmm. right i think it's why he shows the loyalty to kevin biggio and and to vladdy and 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 bo obviously as he should is that he came up with them right and he kind of feels like that's why he's here is to lead this team that he has led since 2018 to the promised land and so it's kind of like you know yeah, you, you, you dance with who who you brought, right? I just, with a guy that's as versatile as Davis Schneider, between second, third, left field, and DH, we can't see him once every two games. I, I, I again, and I, I know Davis, I know where Davis Schneider probably ranks in the long haul, which is if he does stick in the majors, it's probably in the role he's kind of in right now until he proves otherwise. But there's always examples. Look at Michael Harris, the second in Atlanta last year and what he did. And yeah, he's not getting much time now, but they rode the hot hand while he was hot. And it's just so perplexing to me to see the Jays so desperate for offense shy away from that. And, and so I think that's why Addison Barger, despite the numbers he's putting up, is probably not going to get called up. Aralvis Martinez has looked really good. Like, um, so Aralvis Martinez. Since, since AAA is hitting 272 with a on-base percentage of 342, which is excellent for him. He's taking a lot of walks and he's not striking out like he used to. He's got a slug percentage of 515 and in his first 28 triple A games has banged out three dingers. 21 years old has worked hard to get his way back into the top 100 prospects. According to baseball America, that was a ranking that he had fallen out of with his struggles last year in double a, but has really, really made some major developmental progress. And again, I don't even wish to see him called up 
if he's just going to sit on the bench, which is, I think, what's going to happen. So as as good as Aralvis and Addison are doing, and it's great to check in on them and, and see that they are progressing and to have some hope that maybe they can truly contribute to this team in a meaningful way in 2024, we're just not going to see it in 2023. Who would you rather have as a bench piece? If one of them was to get called up when rosters expand in September, I'm almost positive one of those spots is going to be Chad Green, right? Mm-hmm. I would. The other I, spot. I would say so. If we're going to give a so, spot I think this is what will happen. Of them. If I'm, if I'm going to guess, my guess is that Bowden Francis gets sent down before the end of the month. Chad Green is added to the forty man and now a part of the Toronto Blue Jays bullpen. I think come September 1st, the call-ups are going to be probably Jay Jackson. And the position player, my guess is Nathan Lucas, a guy who has already spent a substantial amount of time on this bench. That is my, that's my guess. Now, would I be shocked if it's Nate Pearson and Addison Barger? No, I wouldn't be shocked. But if it is Addy, I sure would like to see him get some playing time, and I I just don't see it happening. Nathan Lucas. I don't know how to talk about him nicely. Mm -hmm. But, like, what floats your boat about Nathan Lucas? And I'm not saying that you're excited for him to be the September call-up and that you just think that's who it's actually going to be. But, like... What? What? <sighs> so he has been, he's been hitting really well in AAA since being sent down. He does play all three outfield positions, which is a bonus. He is quite fast, very good defensively. He's 29. He's already got his MLB debut out of the way, so it's not a nerve-wracking thing, and he's used to being yo-yoed up and down. I don't know, man. Like these are these are the these are the 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 reasons why I think the front office would go with him. He's Just the easiest a, guy to call like, up. It's such a boring option, though. And he's already like, on the forty man. I I don't know. It is a boring option, but it it's probably the most likely option in my opinion. I know. I don't want to know your most likely. Yeah. Op- I'm saying, who do you want? Like, do you want to? If you could pick Addison Barger or Elvis Martinez, like Elvis is bringing that power swing, but uh, probably a below two hundred batting average at the major league level right now. So, what's a power swing worth when you're hitting one forty? I don't know. Addison Barger, high average guy, medium power. Cam Eden, super speedster. Yeah. Like Nathan Cam Lucas. Eden would be an interesting piece. I don't know, man. It's just, I just have I no either. interest in being like, hey, this team that already has like four elite outfielders could sure use a fifth. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I guess if Springer has bad tacos and Kiermaier, or then it would be nice to have Nathan Lucas. Sure. But otherwise, you don't have to convince me about elite speed. You. Sure. Zero stolen bases at the major league level Two uh, in triple a this year. 
And you know what, Adam, that's a really good point about what can this team bring up that would help them right now. And I think Cam Eden might be the thing that would actually help this team the most and could contribute in ways that uh, in aspects of the game that this team doesn't excel at. So to bring up a guy who is so good at base stealing, I mean, Witt's been excellent all year. But But Witt's a full-time player. He's not pinch running for Alejandro Kirk in the eighth inning. Exactly. And so with two guys like Brandon Belt and Alejandro Kirk on this team that are just dead weight on the base path, I think a Cam Eden call-up might be the way to go. I like that. Cam Eden, by the way, folks, is the speedster in AAA Buffalo. I think he's 25 years old now. He plays uh, outfield, correct, Adam? Um, Maybe just, maybe just double-check on that for me. Uh, but he also has stolen over 40 bases at AAA and leads the Buffalo Bison in stolen bases. Yeah, center field, shortstop, and left field. So a little versatility there, too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it would energize the team, man. Look at, I don't know. We could beat this as a dead horse. It's all speculation. Of course, it's going to be Nathan Lucas. You're absolutely right. So it's fun to fantasize, but. Okay, so last and not least for prospects we're checking in on is the number one prospect in the Blue Jays organization, Ricky Tiedemann, 20-year-old in AA. Of course, he wound up with all of the fanfare and excitement going into 2023, wound up basically not being on the mound much at all. He has completely rehabbed and is back with New Hampshire. And he struggled, man. It is kind of disappointing to see. That said... I am all for a 20-year-old dealing with obstacles and dealing with the overcoming the mental side of the game that comes with with slumping when you're used to absolutely dominating. So uh, another rough start from Ricky Tiedemann just the other day. Uh, He doesn't get through two innings, three walks in the second, 1.2 innings pitched, three hits, two earned runs given up. Uh, three walks, three Ks. So he is striking guys out still. This is going to happen with a guy who is rehabbing. His development has definitely been impeded in 2023, which is a bit of a bummer, but I think he's going to be fine. I mean, the stuff the kid has is incredible. It's why everyone's so excited and high on him. The fact he's throwing 99 from the left side is about as good as it gets. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't expect him to break camp with the Blue Jays next season, though. He may be a call-up, and fingers crossed he is. And I know a lot of people uh, made the prediction that he would be pitching with this team in 2023, and his injuries just didn't provide that kind of runway for him. Mm -hmm. And it definitely hurt his development. So he's kind of more or less back where he was at the beginning of the season right now. And so they're going to need to see some stuff out of him. He's probably not going to get the call up to AAA this year, which was the goal when they brought him back from injury was to get him some starts in AAA. But while, now that he's struggling right now, I think the smartest thing they can do is just let us get get his feet back under him and start dominating AA again like he was at the beginning of the season. Yeah, that's probably what will happen. So Ben Nicholson-Smith, tweeted out this morning. He asked John Schneider yesterday if Blue Jays would consider calling up a prospect like Aravis Martinez or Addison Barger this September. 
It wasn't ruled out. Still time to decide yet. Best guess is extra position player is uh, drum roll. Nathan Lucas and an arm. We've already seen a bunch. Someone like Jay Jackson or Nate Pearson. So Ben Nicholson Smith on the same page here. Sweet. Anything right. to add prospect wise, buddy? Okay. Add Addison we'll Barger, our starting third baseman next year. How do you feel about that? I don't know. Doesn't excite me, but also it, I would love, I would love to eat my words. I would love for this kid to to do nothing but dominate. He has looked really good in AAA in the last couple months. Yeah, it just terrifies me to think of having such a vital position on a team that's supposed to be contending and going. Here's a rookie. We'll see if he's got it or not. And if he like, what if he doesn't? What if he's a four A guy who just like can't make that? transition to the major leagues that happens a lot right yeah, what if he struggles does, like can we just afford to have a hole at third base that i don't know I, uh, my guess and it is the most unsexy thing possible i guess is that uh atkins signs somebody as yeah. a just in case an eduardo escobar type sure. that can kind of move around past his prime but still is going to give you some decent at bats and hope that Addison Barger can just knock that off and he's the bench piece. But I think that there is, I mean, we've already, as Blue Jays fans, we've already have watched the hot corner be just a, a, a black hole just as recent as 2021 when they tried to put Kevin Biggio there. So yeah, man, I don't know. Maybe a Josh Donaldson reunion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I would, I would rather, I would rather a uh, one year rebuild deal with Chappie than yeah. that. But uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll move on from the Blue Jays here for a moment. The big news of the week is obviously, and this is such a bummer, man. I, I couldn't believe how much this depressed me. Like all yesterday, it's it just kept rolling through my head. Oh my God, Shohei Otani tore his UCL. Now, Shohei had Tommy John surgery back in 2018. So this is this is a scary fork in the road for one of the most dominant pitcher hitters in baseball and a unicorn the likes we have never seen in baseball. Quite simply, the best baseball player to ever play the game. Jeff Passan wrote a book seven years ago called The Arm. And basically it was a deep dive into the, the epidemic that is Tommy John surgery. He went over to Japan and looked at the uh, what's going on there, which is very similar to here in North America. Now this was seven years ago. Obviously technology has advanced, but the success rate for Tommy John surgery on the first surgery is 92%. The success rate on the second Tommy John surgery jumps all the way down to 26%. Now, let's say let's say technology and the success rate has has increased. Let's even put it at 50%, which I don't think it's at. And it's why you see a lot of guys opt out of the second surgery. And for those of you who don't know, basically they're taking tendons 
from your knee and putting it into your arm, which your body accepts most of the time uh, because it's your own ligament. But they can't do that a second time because guess what? Your knee needs ligaments. So they normally go from a cadaver, from a dead body. And that's where the problem winds up residing is that a lot of times your body will just straight up reject the tendon. And then what do you do, right? That's just, you can't rehab it without it. You're just R.A. Dickey at that point. Learn to throw a knuckleball. Um, it's disheartening. I think we're, all, it's also very interesting, Adam, because I do think we're about to see the most incentive-laden contract in baseball history. I think that is going to be the way that Shohei Otani is an a and his agent go about this offseason. They're going to try and find a team that's still going to let him pitch. That's my guess. He's been so dead set on it his entire career. And I don't even mean in Major League Baseball. You go all the way back to when he was playing uh, in the Nippon Japanese League. Mm -hmm. And the only reason he signed with them out of high school is that they were like, okay, we will we will let you do both. Because he was going to just go right to the Major Leagues. And they talked him into to playing in the Japanese League. Has that changed at 29 years old? Does Shohei Otani maybe wish to... He could play outfield, but with a bad arm, probably not. So then what? Is he a first baseman? So I think they're going to... the. You cross your fingers, you hope that they can avoid surgery altogether and that this, this UCL can heal. There's going to be a timeline process to this. <laughs> the Rubik's Cube that will be the signing of Shohei Otani is increasingly intriguing by the way Shohei Otani at this point right now he is the highest adjusted OPS plus in the league so he's the best offensive piece in the league with a plus 183 just a reminder 100 is average uh, and he's the highest adjusted ERA at plus 141 100 being average so he is literally statistically the best pitcher and the best hitter in baseball it would be such a hit, dude, if he has to stop pitching. Um, This is a doomsday scenario. Let's just say doesn't play again. Major League Baseball. All signs are pointing to he's going to finish the season just hitting. So, yeah. I know this is a, a hypothetical, but which but hold that thought for one second because yep. I will just I will just say pretty freaking crazy. He hit a double with like literally he, he tears his UCL, leaves the game pitching wise, goes into the game and hits a double. Shohei Otani, man. So, sorry, back to your doomsday scenario. <laughs> Shohei Otani is at... Uh, has he done enough? Is he a Hall of Famer if his career was to end today? Three really good seasons. Plus the cool factor of doing it on both sides. So I guess what I could say is 
six really good seasons because three good seasons as a hitter, three good seasons as a pitcher. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't even know how to answer that question. I mean, if nothing else, he should have a a room. <laughs> you know, like if they're not going to put him in the hall, have a separate, but build a room onto it, right onto Cooperstown and just call it the Shohei Hall. And like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, he probably hasn't done enough, but he's changed the way people view baseball. Isn't that wild to think for all he's done? How <laughs> I don't know. It's it's devastating, dude. And I mean, all you got to do is just cross your fingers and wait for all these tests and stuff to come out and see what they're going to do with him. The fact he's going to continue to hit, like, because he doesn't wish to lose the MVP. Right, if he can continue to go out there and put up the numbers, he's at what forty four. Like he's gonna hit almost sixty bombs if he keeps this pace up. Fifty seven, fifty eight is probably where he finishes the year at. Like if he just keeps hitting, he the MVP is his. Do you disagree? Um, I, I don't know. Is the MVP his still? I don't know. Is the Cy Young still possible for him? I mean, it's a long shot now, but you said like the ERA adjusted whatever is the tops. Uh, Fewest innings pitched by a Cy Young winner was Corbin Burns in uh, 2021. He won it with 167 innings pitched, which shows how dominant he was. Uh, Here's a piece of trivia for you. Fewest games played by a Cy Young winner. Ooh. I don't know. Um, Corbin Burns, when he won it with 167 innings pitched, pitched 28 games. Right. Uh, the fewest games pitched by a Cy Young winner, Trevor Bauer, did it with 11 games. Right, in 2020. <laughs> The 60-game season, but still. season, yeah. But still. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I guess let us know in the comments. Shoot us a message, and we'll deep dive the Shohei Otani is the Hall of Famer um, Mm -hmm. on Mailbag. I'm looking at the list of Hall of Famers uh, for pitchers. Roy Halladay, fewest games played by a starting pitcher in the Hall of Fame with a 115. Oh. There you go. Well, there you go. Um, okay, moving on. Moving on, on here. Just a have... second. Because yeah. I do want someone in the grounds crew to do the work for us. When I'm looking at this list of Hall of Famers, it's hard to... Like, there are some people with one game in the Hall of Fame or 22 games in the Hall of Fame. Can someone do the work for me and see if this is just like a manager who's in the Hall of Fame because they have a thousand career wins as a manager, but a very short career as a player? Because that I'm not counting. You see what I'm saying here, Scott? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Okay. 
someone on the ground screw, do the work for me. Figure out what the fewest number of games played is for a legitimate player. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Okay. Okay, so we will now go to the playoff hunt and some Yankees talk. Can I just jump in with one last thing? Please. In a hilariously sad twist of fate, the same day, the Angels also announced Mike Trout back on the I.L. Off the I.L. for for one game. Yeah. He came back to see Shohei. Terra's MCL. Is you, yeah. No, he's back. Brutal. Yeah. Just devastating. So. The poor okay. Angels yeah, fans, he's... man. It's just yep. like, talk about getting hit when you're already down. <laughs> yep. Okay. So you look at the wild card standings as they sit currently. Tampa Bay is sitting in that top spot. They are six games above everybody else. Tampa Bay, I really, I still think that they could really take a hit over the next five weeks of baseball. But I mean, they've kept their head above water and you even said this, you're like betting against the Rays is a bad move, man. And that's uh kind of holding true right now as they continue to put up W's Seattle is in the second spot tied with Houston, the blue Jays, a half a game back of both of them uh, game and a half back. I should say, sorry. The Texas Rangers are only two games up on both Seattle and Houston. So they could fall into this too. The Jays three and a half back of uh, Texas. And then of course the Boston Red Sox still in things three and a half games back of Houston and Seattle for that final wild card, two games back of Toronto. If you look at the New York Yankees, they are now 61 and 66, five games under 500. They lost those nine games in a row before finally breaking their uh, losing streak, 10 games back of a wild card and of course Yankees fans are screaming from the rooftops to fire Brian Cashman. Now Brian Cashman of course has been the longtime general manager of the New York Yankees. He has a World Series ring in 2009 but not much to show since although this was very interesting. So despite amongst all of the fire Brian Cashman noise, Billy Bean was interviewed recently in a magazine out of New Jersey, NewJersey.com. And the reporter who sat down with him, this is from the reporter. He said, I had a conversation recently with Oakland A's exec Billy Bean who's mostly removed himself from his club's day-to-day operation, but he still remains close friends with Brian Cashman. He seemed absolutely stunned at the level of uh, antipathy. antipathy? I'm going to look like an idiot here. Sorry, guys, my vocabulary is lacking, I guess, but antipathy uh, directed at Cashman. Basic, you know what I'm saying, though, okay? So it's A-N-T-I-P-A-T-H-Y. Why don't couldn't know why have I just can't... used a why more couldn't... common word? Thank Disdain, you, Disdain, aversion, hatred, yes. displeasure, yes. any of them. <laughs> okay, so Billy seen... Bean, we get it. You have a nice vocab. You own a thesaurus. Yeah, a, Good job. A higher vocabulary than two moron fucking <laughs> podcasters. So he seems... Stunned at the level of antipathy directed at Cashman 
which has grown exponentially since the Yankees were swept by the Braves, MLB's best run franchise. Doesn't anyone care that the Yankees were better than the Braves for the most of the last 25 years being asked? Being doubled down in his defense of Cashman, pointing out baseball is a cyclical industry and the Yankees are the one team that hasn't had a down cycle in a quarter of a century. That is pretty remarkable. Some good points. Brian Cashman has been the general manager, though, for over two decades. I wonder what the total payroll over those two decades would be. Like, if you just look (laughs) at if if you honest to God, because I know that, like, there is more parity at the top now. Right. So any like new baseball fans might be thinking like, well, the Mets spend a lot. The Jays are spending a lot. The Padres spend Mm -hmm. a lot like. But there wasn't that parity for years. For 20 plus years, it was just the Yankees like doubling the second place team kind of like it was a excessive lead. So I wonder if we added up all the team payrolls in Brian Cashman's tenure, how much more money he spent in those 20 to 25 years than anyone else. I have no idea, man, but that's grounds a really true. Do the homework for me. Yes. Grounds true. Do the out. math for us. Uh, the other thing to think about with Brian Cashman too is they do have one of the best farm systems in all of baseball. I think they rank just a little behind Baltimore. They're a top five farm system in all of baseball. They've got seven prospects in the top 100 in this latest list from baseball America. So the, the future technically looks bright for the Yankees. They've got a major payroll. Um, they're old, which is funny because I know that I was watching Blair and Barker and Jeff Blair was talking with Jeff Passan and he brought this up. He's like, the Yankees are so old and decrepit and Jeff Passan burst out laughing. He's like, literally they're like, half a year older than the blue Jays statistically. Like they're not that much older, but uh, he did a pass and even was like, but the decrepit part. Yeah, I can see that. So (laughs) I don't know what the Yankees do. Will Brian Cashman survive? Would love to hear what you folks on the grounds crew think. I hope he does. Let him keep going. How upset it will make Yankees fans. I am a big Brian Cashman fan. Bring him back. Bring back Aaron Boone. Bring back the whole crew. It's that old Batman quote, you know? It's like you either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. And that's where truly. he's at. Like it, it, It's truly. I mean, he was so highly touted and so highly uh, regarded by Yankees Nation. And he brought them that 2009 ring. And everyone was just the biggest Brian Cashman fan. And here we are 14 years later and people are like off with his head. Well, so- I mean... It- Alex Anthopoulos could be 10 years away from the same thing where you never know, you know, it's he's true. got all these long-term deals with guys that who knows what they're like 10 years from now. And all of a sudden, you know, they were great in the early 2020s and here we are in the 2030s and it's like, Oh, he's handcuffed us with this Gio and Carlos Stanton type contract. For, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Ozzy Albies or whatever, right? And it's like, how did this guy, how do we hate this guy so much? He was so awesome for so long. It's like, well, us rings. Yeah. he sold the future to make today happen. And I'm not saying that's the case with Alex and Thompa. Yeah. I'm just, whatever. Yeah. I'm saying, shut up, Adam. Get out of here. It's been a good episode. I, I love ending on a sour note. Well, let's wrap up with this then. <laughs> we will go to what lies ahead for the Blue Jays. Obviously, the Cleveland Guardians. They are at Progressive Field, right? Or are they yep. in... Let me uh, I think it's in Toronto, actually. Let me double check here. I don't wish to be that guy. Uh, yeah, it's at Rogers Center. So they I had it all back. prepped, and then I closed all my tabs as we got to the end here. So Yeah, they are back at home, which is good news. Uh, they play the Cleveland Guardians. Game one goes tonight. Tanner Bibby, the Guardians' hot young new thing, their rookie is putting up some really good numbers this year for the Guardians. Uh, 3.01 ERA. He matches up against Chris Bassett, who had an incredible outing last time, which is why he got a mention, a honorable mention on the stud side of studs and duds. And then you see tomorrow, the Blue Jays, uh, you're going to see, is it Hinjin Ryu? Uh, yeah, tomorrow we got Allen? Ryu and Logan Allen, yeah. And then in game three, we got Kikuchi versus Syndergaard. Who is not good anymore. Nope. This Uh, is the time. Blue Jays need to go 10 and and 5 in the next 15 games. And let's start with with a little bit of a heater against Cleveland. Would love to see it. Yep. Uh, Should be good. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll we'll wrap up there. Thank you so much, everybody. Just a reminder: Baseball Town, uh, a live long toss with Blake Murphy, Jay Jackson, Julia Cruz, Baseball Jen, and Johnny G of Gate Fourteen. It's going to be a blast. Comedy Bar East tickets are going to be in the comment section. And remember, you can win a four pack of tickets by getting a hold of us and answering the question. What year was it the last time the Blue Jays had 240 home run hitters? And who were those two hitters? If you get that correct, we'll put you into the draw and uh, we'll let you know on Tuesday mailbag who is going to baseball town on us. Um, I just want to jump in here while we're talking this baseball town event. Uh, Jane message me on Instagram and sometimes messages go to like my junk mail folder. If yeah. We don't follow each other or whatever. And I sometimes forget to check it. So this message is from about a week and a half ago. So apologies, Jane, but Jane says, hi guys, I attended your live event in Calgary. And I recall you mentioning that you're doing another live event in Toronto on September 10th. As it turns out, we will be in Toronto for the Rangers series. And I thought it would be amazing. Fun to go to that event. So, she says, I haven't heard you mention it in a while. Just wondering if it's still happening. Let me know as it would be fun to join you again. So tip of the cap to Jane. Apologies. Yes, it is happening. You probably are yeah. aware of that because Scott's been hammering it the last 10 days. But yes. Very cool. Yeah. And Calgary what, what we'll do too, Jane, I'll, I'll bug Adam. I'll send him the ticket link and he'll just send it to you on Insta and away we go. There you go. Awesome. Okay. All right, buddy. Always a pleasure. We will see you Sunday for Long Toss, and we'll see all of you there 
here as well. We're doing it live this time. So I know last time we kind of pre-recorded it. So you can join us live on YouTube, six to eight Eastern. We've got a heck of a panel. It's always a good show. Take care, everybody. Go Blue Jays, go. This is it. Do or die. Hopefully it's due. Thanks for listening to the Walk Off Podcast with Scott Belford and Adam Mack with a new episode every Friday. Thanks for listening.